Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Greetings, everyone. I'm enjoying this continued journey of thinking and writing about embodiment, psychology, and astrology. Today, the date is March 9th, 2023, and we have entered the gate of Saturn and Pisces time. I just came out of a consultation with someone who natally has a Saturn in Pisces, so this shift marks the sign based entry point time for everyone who has a Saturn in Pisces to be in or near Saturn return time. My client, like many, has had some internal intuitions or signals that some new chapter, including some new responsibilities or foreseen responsibilities, were coming upon themselves. Saturn returns are a wonderful time to sit in with and dialogue with an astrologer. So if you're thinking about that, or you're somebody who has a Saturn in Pisces, it might be nice to reach out and, and get a const, uh, const, consult, let's say constellation, get a consult with somebody who, who travels with many people going through Saturn return times. Through our session today, we were able to name and discuss potential areas of life that this work or effort or responsibility might be taking place, as well as looking at other places of resource in the chart to help resource and balance the upcoming transit with some options of support. I work in the same way and the same attitude with my body work clients too. You know, sometimes I think we are looking to soothe pain in ourselves you know, and with clients, but a lot of the times what we're looking to do more deeply is to implement more physical or emotional support or mental support so that the system can go through what it needs to go through. And part of this is sometimes difficulties or transformations or change. And sometimes there is pain involved. But I also remember when I was a, a birth doula that there is the actual, you know, unlistened to pain. I can't remember. I think it was Penny Simkin who had the quote that it was something about this unsupported pain becomes suffering. But this supported difficulty or the supported pain management is seen as something that can be traversable. And I like to think about that with um, our Saturn transits. So whether we work somatically or astrologically or in the birth process, um, there can be these these continuing threads of the perception of pain or being with someone or supporting ourselves or others through something actually reduces that feeling of being alone or feeling of having to suffer things um, silently. For all of us in general, this Saturn transit will carry some echoes and themes similar to a period of time between May 1993 to April 1996, but, uh, you know, subtract some of that later uh, 1993, just due to the Saturn retrograde. But think about that time, roughly, you know, the end or the beginning of 1994 through 1996. And if you were living at that time, or even if you were a small person at that time, 
we can gain some insights around what we may be having to work with or look forward to as Saturn goes through Pisces again in our chart. So if you haven't already and you were born prior to 1993, um, what kind of specific events or specific structural changes were happening for you at that time? And if you were little, you could even ask a sibling or a family member, where were you working hard? Do you recall anything being a specific burden that you were carrying in regards to what? And then also think by April of 1996 or the summer of 1996, what wisdom had you gained or in what areas of your life did you grow or mature? So those are some wonderful Saturn reflection questions to help you fast forward uh, and move into this current transit, which will be different because you're a little different person, but have similar tones and themes. So last week, we got started on looking at the planetary chart ruler Saturn. So in celebration of Saturn, we lifted Saturn uh, rising signs up, such as Aquarius and Capricorn. So those are our two Saturn risings. This week, in contrast, we are going to look at the planetary ruler or natal chart guiding energy of Jupiter. So as we go along today, if some of the language that I'm using feels vague or complicated or unfamiliar, you might go back and refresh yourself on the first three episodes to this astrology and embodiment where I explain some of the terminology that I'm using. And the way I define embodiment um, in this context is the conscious and continual process of stewarding a home for the soul so that we may come to understand our true nature. And the home that I'm referring to in this definition is our entire body-mind system. And I like to name the body as body-mind because we have a perceptual habit right now of thinking of the body as an object or, or sort of this material um, constant thing, when in actuality it's a continual, um, highly adaptable and always moving body-mind um, system that also changes depending on what we think about it and how we interact with it. So it's this real-time feedback loop. Astrology is a map, um, and it's kind of a neighbor to some other human maps, such as psychology. So I found it very beneficial to study two or more systems at a time, two or more systems of symbols. Like I study the body and astrology and character theory and psychology. So I can blend those and see what seems like a constancy. Um, it, but you can do that with uh, two or more systems of anything. You could study systems of computing and astrology. You could study uh, patterns in nature. You could study botany. Um, and you could also get into fermentation deeply and probably start to see some system correlations. That's the way that I think. It's the way my mind works. Um, and some people refer to that as associative thinking or sort of metaphorical thinking. So needless to say, I classify sort of as a psychological astrologer. I have a focus on human potential and the transformative process of embodiment or transforming or transforming our actual body. I think of rising signs or planetary rulers of the chart as akin to our witnessing self, um, which is the one in us who is sensing and looking into and at the world. 
So not our character, but the one who is sensing. And I'm experimentally laying out the idea that in contrast um, to a lot of teachings that kind of teaches our witnessing self being blank, like a blank slate, I think that if we blend astrology with this idea of witnessing self, I think there's actually, depending on our rising sign, a, a few different archetypal tones of the witnessing self. So that's why we're looking at planetary rulers and what they can say about the way that we're looking at the world or interacting with it in a very tone or primary attitudinal way. Kind of like Think of as a painting or a photograph. When you look at it, it has a tone. And the tone of the painting or the photograph is separate from any of the specific elements or actual colors in the art itself. But you can certainly look at a painting and it can have a sort of somber tone. And you can look at a painting and it has a sort of uh, expansive or visionary tone. And it could even have the same objects in it, but it's the it's the interrelation and it's the the things the way the Tao of that painting. So that's what I akin our witnessing self and our planetary rulers to. It's like the tone of us. So this tone that I'm using here, I am proposing this sort of astro psychological model that this tone is indicated by the planetary ruler and where it is placed in the natal chart. So uh, what house the chart ruler lives in. So this week we're going to dive into Jupiter as a guiding navigator or guiding planet. So that will be us who have Pisces and Sagittarius rising. So last week we looked at Saturn and overall I'm working with the theme of Saturn as being the builders. In contrast to Saturn, because Jupiter is kind of a nice contrast or we'll say opposition to some Saturn principles, we'll look at Jupiter. Jupiter in general as a planet visions and expands potentials and horizons. So if you have Jupiter as a chart ruler, you are a Pisces or Sagittarius rising. Pisces is a mutable water element. Sagittarius is a mutable fire element. So both movable, both mutable. Fire is an individual element and water is a communal element. Fire is associated also with intuition or direct knowing. And sometimes doing before analyzing, so this sort of direct movement. Fire is hot, it's often quick. Water is associated with feeling and emotions and the depths, what's unsaid. Often with the ability to psychically sponge, maybe even if that's just impression. So it doesn't mean that all Pisces rising are clairvoyant. It's just that that sponging or that that psychic or telepathic or um, feeling sense is often turned on and those of us who have a lot of Pisces or if we're Pisces rising the way that we connect with the world may be psychic in that kind of way 
So already can you get a sense of how Jupiter, the expander or visionary, would work or see uh, a little differently in tone? So if you had the Sagittarius rising painting in the Pisces rising painting, well, just in knowing the fire and the water difference and kind of the difference uh, of them elementally and direction wise, you might see colors differently already. Um, Sagittarius being fire, you knowing the glyph of Sagittarius, there's more direction involved. Pisces, uh, even knowing the glyph of Pisces, you know that there's a little more duality and circularity or interconnection involved. So you can see how the visionary, how the expander is kind of looking through a little bit of a different lens compared, uh, comparatively between the Sag and the Pisces rising. I also think that with that Sag rising, we often will think of words like pursuing or pursuit. Um, fire again is individual and when we think of direct knowing, so pursuing something out of an internal sense of just direct knowing, this is the way I'm going, this is my vision. It's like that visionary way looks out and takes in and witnesses the world as a potential place of expansion, pursuit, and visioning of a journey. So maybe in an adventuresome kind of way. And I think that the paradox, it's, it's lovely, it's a bit ironic that that often those of us who are really oriented in this life towards the adventure or the journey or the recreative purpose or the pursual, once we actually get what we think we were pursuing, it's, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it, 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 it is, it's never as good as the, um, the journey itself. And because once we receive something, that expansive principle isn't happening anymore. And that mutable expansion is what feeds, you know, what, what's a gift about that? That Sagittarius uh, energy is of that expanding adventure, that forever pursuing. So another words that go along with that Jupiter expanding principle are words like freedom, unboundedness, unbridledness, and that can color the motivational tone of the witnessing self. If you're somebody who is looking into the world with a background question or ideal of freedom. Um, how would that be different than someone who's looking out in the world and thinking structure? It's, it's, uh, a, it's a deep, but sometimes just felt sensory experience, a different base perception in the world. So Sag is that mutable fire. And how do you think that is different than our Pisces rising, which is mutable water? Um, fire again is hot and directive, but if you're expanding or visioning from that sense of mutable water, it's a little more like pooling, like pooling, like nonlinear in like all directions. Uh, temperature can be tepid or damp and, um, and cooling and, uh, you know, marshes or something. So expanding in like a, a pooling or a flooding kind of way is also boundaryless, but it's it's everywhere, it's on the surface, it's underneath, so it's almost like this uh this feeling sense is expanding or the vision is, you know, creating or visioning a world where there is that interconnection of layers and um the the movement is seepage, seeping in and seeping out. 
So if Saturn represents containment, Jupiter represents this kind of unhindered growth or or boundarylessness. One thing that is a gift of boundarylessness is when it comes to visions, the way things could be ideals. Uh, when you think of it, furthering humanity, um, more compassionate ideals of what things could be, the way that that cities or worlds could work together more cooperatively. Um, you also think about in art forms and folks who are creative and in uh, writing novels or creating plays, anything that creates a world, you are you're hoping to expand the, the collective vision by by uh, creating something in it. So visionary creation and insight or ability to be boundaryless enough to to take from the past, understand where you are in the present, and maybe even predict the future. That's where boundarylessness can really aid in vision. So in the case of Pisces rising folks, this kind of visioning can be through the feeling sense, like we were alluding to. It's a little different than that Sagittarius mutable fire. Um, the feeling sense includes often knowing or visioning into the future based on an internal feeling sense of right action or um, or just or feeling as if. And that I think sometimes people confuse with intuition. It's not quite the same because that Pisces perception or that sort of psychic perception is not necessarily a direct inner knowing that rises up really quick and all of a sudden it's it's an insightful intuition in that way. But this Piscean is a feeling sense. It's like a magnetism. It's a form of sensory processing that can pull from maybe associative or impressionistic um, places and come to a feeling sense that guides action or that guides a vision. And that's different than just having a quick intuitive hit or a first impression. So I hope you can kind of feel the difference between that Sagittarius and Piscean, that, that sensing feeling is different than intuition. Intuition's more fire-based and direct and quick, and feeling sensingness is it's taking a lot more into account, is a lot more of a process. So if we look at Jupiter in a Piscean wave, the the capacity to interface with the world is coming from this this deep feeling, this visionary kind of way of being able to see through time and um, see through others. Notice how animals and plants and people feel, maybe even noticing um, uh, things that other people wouldn't like feelings of, of color when you taste food or um, having a sense that the earth is alive or just having a feeling that you can be one with the trees breathing. So these other extrasensory things can come up with a Pisces rising. And it is quite visionary, especially if you find words or an expression to talk about it or, or express your unique sensory abilities. Um, that's where some art forms come in, of course, but we are all art forms in ourselves, which is interesting. And some of us just create things in the world too. So a Pisces rising Jupiter is motivated in this way, sort of of that expanding interconnective principle, because once again, water is communal and that Sag rising is more 
fire. So there's more self um, investment involved in that. So now hopefully you can feel, can you feel if you're just putting on the coat of a Sag rising or a Pisces rising, could you feel into how they are similar, but also how they're different? So if we have a Jupiter ruled natal chart, the tone or hue or motivator of the witnessing self, the way is what I will call in a broad container, visionary. Looking into or interacting with the world in a kind of what's possible way. What can I dream? What are my ideals? Themes of expansion can also come with excessiveness. So growth and ideals. So excessive, expanding, growing, freedom, unboundedness. What's possible? Part of being or living with a visionary tone is that it can bring with it ideals or idealism. And in some Jupiterian expansion myths, um, you know, there's utopias. It's the what's possible, but also the dystopias um, in that that can come also in a Jupiterian sense. So expanding that noticing an excessive thing and getting even more excessive with that and and creating a world that that multiplies in that kind of way there is also you know jupiter if you compare it with zeus in the in the greek mythology zeus also when those ideals of zeus were disrupted he you know he always had his his way of having his own um, Sagittarian journey, his own journey void of ethics and morals. But yet when somebody else crossed that boundary, there was often severe punishment. And that's that's like, you know, being a world creator can come more or less with some ideals and sometimes um, not realizing that the ideals that we're looking outwards with or trying to create in an ideal situation is not actually you know, the same human day to day that that is being lived. So ideals are something to to just take a look at. Excess and excellence can can come through our ideals and idealism. Visions are really powerful and they attend, you know, they they tend to go into the world and then they can expand. It's kind of like this, the idea of law of attraction. If you look into that kind of literature is that um, there is only yes. So when we, we say no to something and we keep saying no to something, or we create a dystopia that more, that grows and that grows. If the universe is expanding, you know, if it is, that's the idea. If it's expanding, um, then what we're putting into it and even the way that we think our thoughts are important manifestations. And if we, we think about that, even if uh, we just think of holding our visions as as serious manifestations, they're pre-manifestations of things that could occur in the material world. So tending to our visions and our dreams. We all have visions and dreams, but with the Pisces and Sag rising, I want to name that 
we all have hopes and dreams, but some of us are not as motivated or toned by pursuing life from that stance. It's like our hopes and dreams are part of something that might not be our primary mover or motivator. And we've been talking really broadly here about Jupiter as manifesting through a Pisces or Sag rising. So where the specific matrix gets really interesting and you could start to see how that's playing in your life as, as a visionary, if you've got one of these rising signs, is knowing the dynamics of your chart and specifically looking at where Jupiter is at and look at what else is interrelating with your personal Jupiter in your chart. So for example, this isn't me, but it could be somebody. If this someone is a Pisces rising, I would then look to my natal chart and then find where Jupiter lives natally and what house and sign it's in. So say I'm a Pisces rising and my natal Jupiter is in Virgo in the seventh house. And we know about the seventh house just broadly, relationships, important relationships, marriage, um, intimate relationships. Sometimes people will put a clientele there just depending on what kind of business they're in. So relationships. Virgo. Virgo is motivated by order, synthesizing or integrating and putting things, you know, discernment um, and putting things in order. So that Pisces rising chart, Jupiter in that chart would be its guiding planet and that Jupiter would be in Virgo in the seventh house. So we might assume or just start to think that some of this visionary capacity, this this Jupiterian theme, this visionary capacity would, would be around themes of relationships. And because that Virgo sign is there, we can say, say oh, thinking about the details of relationships. Or um, you might even think that this could be something like being gifted. Uh, in noticing relationship dynamics, noticing the details of how people interact. It could also manifest as excessively being overly analytical in regards to, or hyper analytical in regards to relationship dynamics. I think a cool manifestation of this, I don't know, maybe someone's done it who has this. A cool manifestation would be like a visionary system of relationship counseling or being a creator of a, of a series of practical relationship guidebooks that really kind of lay out a schematic tone for um, the relationship dynamics in a very um, analytical or Virgoan way, but that's really translatable in a service way. So Pisces and Virgo um, are signs of service in some sense too. So um, that's, that's a way that that could manifest. And an excessive way that that could manifest is somebody um, having a, a really excessive habit of nagging or seeing all relationships in the world in such a critical way that that one becomes even a martyr of the idea of relationships themselves. So we go back to having respect for the visions that we have and and realizing we have a co-creative capacity and how we are visioning others and the world. So where Jupiter lives in your natal chart and what it's in connection with will give you a more personal reading on your witnessing self and what it really may be motivated by. And finding your your 
visionary capacity will it will also help to look at all the other elements in your chart makeup so this brings in the elementals which we covered in the in the first three episodes but this is how it works you've got your pisces or your sag rising so you already have a mutable rising sign either mutable fire or mutable water so this is movable uh, the visionary capacity is movable and agile it's inconsistent yet adaptable Okay, so how would you say a Sagittarius rising, a mutable fire rising sign would pair with the rest of the chart having a focus on air and the least dominant element of water? So you got Sag rising and you look at the elementals and everything, like tons of stuff is in air and there's nothing in a water sign. So from an embodied perspective, I would try to think about how fire feeds off air. And so air feeds fire. Air is agile and fire can be quick and agile, especially that mutable fire. So I'm thinking of a lot of movability. And I think about how these things feed each other. Then I just get an idea. I sort of imagine as if how this body mind would, would maybe appear as they walked in the door. So they would maybe exhibit more heat and movability in their system, potentially seen through their communication style, which is air, you know, fiery communication and going a lot of different directions, or maybe physically in the legs or the thighs. And this could be like somebody who really develops their skills as a runner, had a history of running, um, is is working with endurance or athletics in some way, but also in a way could manifest as restless legs. So having that sort of shaking energy, um, and I would I would think that if there was a chart that also had a less dominant water element, that I would just be curious about things like hydration, uh, this person's relationship with bodies of water, um, and also not necessarily bodies of water where they're in it treading or doing it for exercise, but bodies of water where the legs could be suspended or the body could float, like. Um, uh, float tanks or sensory deprivation chambers where you are floating or even mineral baths. So places where you're, you're really um, dampening yourself and sort of slowing things down. So this is just, it's, it's a lot of imagination and visioning, but can you kind of, could you kind of see where we got some of those ideas from? And there's lots of others. So this is all a dialogue. And I'll have you go away with one little homework piece and we'll come back to it next time I, I do a podcast is this is going to be one for you as a visionary. So try this out. So how might you expect the energy or physicality of a person who comes in and just walks through the door who is a Pisces rising with a dominant element of fire and least dominant element of water so just get your first hit what would you expect maybe of, of a first attitude or tone how this body or this body mind might present themselves and what do you know about those elemental balances and what might you suggest as a simple like experiment for this person you know like i would suggest like oh how how is it to to try the float tank one time that's that's a practical example for our our last example. So what one or two practical things might you ask that person to just see how they could get engaged with their elemental balance? So 
Um, enjoy that thought exercise, you visionaries, and we'll come back next time and explore together some more. Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.